Amen. All right. Well, we've been talking about uh, a, a series on accelerate and and seeking first the kingdom of God and uh, learning what that uh, means. Uh, hopefully, my goal is that we understand uh, what what we as individuals and as a church are called to and how we can accelerate or speed up the things of the kingdom of God in our lives, in our church, and in our city. <clears throat> and we, uh, uh, last couple of weeks, we, we learned that we need to believe that's possible. That, uh, that's the first thing that really we have to embrace is that it, it's not only possible, but we're required uh, and, and, and commanded to do that, and also to know, our, know the season that we're in and, and our responsibility to change the season, talk some things about how, how we can do that. And I, this week, I really want to touch on some practical things that you can do to accelerate the kingdom of God. And the first thing, one of the most popular things that Christians just love to do is called fasting. Everybody go, yay. yay. I love fasting. Well, okay. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, you know, I, was, I, do, I didn't look up the English uh, etymology of the word, but, you know, acceleration, fast. Why do you think they call it a fast? All right. Uh, because it does speed up uh, the, the things of God in our, in our lives. And um, I felt uh, last, uh, at the end of last year that I wanted to start out 2012 with a fast. So I have yet to have a meal this year. I've been on a juice fast. I normally don't tell people uh, when I fast uh, because uh, you know, I don't want to draw attention to it. But I wanted to state that and just encourage you and say, listen, I, I started out this year. I, I did have juice. A juice fast is, is one uh, way a Daniel fast is another thing where you where you uh, uh, choose to abstain from a, a certain uh, item or a pleasure. The juice fast is where you predominantly only drink juice, uh, uh, and then a normal fast. I did do two days of, of a, a normal fast is water only, uh, and so for that for the last two weeks, you know, I've, I've just had juice and um, fasting. There's something unique uh, about. Uh, fasting that I don't think any other spiritual discipline can replicate. All right? it's, it's really, really powerful. And one of the reasons why our bodies and the enemy and our culture is so against it. Uh, uh, Jesus assumed his followers would fast. And I want to talk a little bit about fasting and, and more about why we fast in the scripture that talks about uh, fasting, but you know, fasting is to prayer like powerlifting is to exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know what powerlifting is, hardcore weightlifting. It's it, it is hardcore, but there's hardcore benefits. All right, and it's it, there's a price, but it's worth it because you really you can really see a change. Fasting is like a, a spiritual steroid. Right? It enables rapid development. You know, and steroids, I realize, is kind of a negative example because people abuse them. But there's no question that, you know, people can really bulk up. There's, there's an incredible change. Uh, um, it's not merely uh, avoiding food that enables us to accelerate spiritually, but that's a big part of it. 
And uh, I don't know if you can recall that in the last couple of weeks we learned that the word seek, as in seek first his kingdom, and, and God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that that word can actually be translated crave or hunger after. And one of the best benefits of fasting is that we rediscover what it means to hunger. <laughs> All right? Most Americans never feel real hunger. You think you do. You think you, you're hungry because you haven't eaten, you know, you're two hours past a meal. But go, go two weeks without eating any protein, you know. Uh, and and, and uh, your body, if you do it right, and there's a right way and a wrong way to, to do fasting, it's actually much, it's much easier than, than what most people uh, make it out to be if you do it right. And there's, there's ways and books to do it. But it does uh, force you to uh, take uh, authority over your body. Because you're denying yourself something you need. Something that's right. And even something that's a blessing. In pursuit of something better. Alright? And if you can learn how to deny something that you need then it's much easier for you to deny something that you actually don't need or something that's destructive like sin. Are you hearing me? It's much easier to resist something that's bad for you when you learn how to resist something that is you, you depend on. Right? It's a spiritual discipline. And it gives you spiritual strength uh, when it's done properly. <clears throat> Turn to Isaiah chapter 58. So a godly fast is meant to lead to hunger for godliness and a craving for His kingdom. And I wanted that. I was, I was hungry. I wanted to stir up. I wanted to stir up hunger. And so you don't, you don't wait until you're already hungry for God's kingdom, but you realize you need to be. A fast is an appropriate way. You see the need, and so you decide that you're going to take a day or a week or a month and you're going you're gonna to abstain from something uh, for the purpose of seeking first His kingdom and, and accelerating those things. But we're just going to look at part of this verse, or this chapter, uh, Isaiah 58. Sorry without glasses on. <laughs> uh, uh, 1 through 8, I'll read it. It says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. This is God speaking to Isaiah the prophet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. We have fasted, they say, and you have not seen. Why have we afflicted our souls? And you not take notice. In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. It is a fast that I have, is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush? And to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast? An acceptable day to the Lord? 
Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And actually, it just keeps building. The rest of that verse are the, are the conditions and the promises that are associated with a godly fast. And the, and the prophet confronts um, the Israelites. In the first one, it says, God tells his the prophet, the preacher, to um, uh, tell my people their transgressions. He told his minister to point out the sins of his people. (laughs) Right? And sometimes that's required. You know, it's not God bringing condemnation. God's purpose is always to bring about freedom. But you can't be free of something if you're not made aware that you're entrapped in it. Alright? So when I share about sins... When I share about uh, destructive behavior that entraps people, it's not to make you feel bad. It's to make you realize, hey, those things are are bondages that you need to step out of. And God, this is the way out. In the same way uh, Isaiah was sharing and God was prophesying uh, to his people that they needed to change. And when you read that at first, if you don't understand the context, at first you think, wow, they're doing really good. They're seeking after his face daily. They're fasting. You would think by their religious practices that they were actually doing really good, uh, seeking daily, delighting to know my ways. But it says, as a nation that did righteousness and not forsake the ordinance of God. In other words, they were acting religiously as though they were a, a nation that did righteousness and, uh, and kept God's ordinances, but they really weren't. Or they were acting <clears throat> as they were... Though, as though they were right, but they were missing the point. Because their behavior, how they treated other people, how the nation, how the individuals interacted, uh, their lifestyle was contrary to God's ordinances. Uh, and, 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 and so they, when they cried out, why have we fasted? God replies quite clearly, because you fasted with the wrong motives. You fasted and done these things as, as some kind of religious activity, thinking that uh, by, by doing that, you would be acceptable. That your religious acts would somehow make you acceptable. Like, like if you fast and, and make yourself feel really bad, that'll make up for some of the sinful things you've done. And God's saying, that, that's not what I want. That, is not, that has nothing to do with it. That, in fact, makes it worse. All right. <laughs> God reveals the real motivation. Says uh, he talks about strife in verse four. It says indeed you fast for strife and debate. Ah, and strife can be uh, a contest. You know the motivation is a you're just trying to be more religious than oh so you're doing a Daniel fast. Yeah, you're not going to watch watch TV for a month. Well, I'm going to do a juice fast. You know, I'm not going to drink any of my juice. Oh, you're, so you're going to do a juice? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to drink water for a month. You know, <clears throat> I'm more righteous than you. You know, uh, <clears throat> and, and and make it into a contest. And it probably didn't work out that way, but that was in their heart. I'm going to be 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna show God how, how righteous I am by doing this, this seemingly, um, uh, intense thing. Uh, God, uh, says, and they debate, strife and, and, and controversy are, are, um, again, verse 4. Strife and debate. Debate is to quarrel, to argue, argue, or to prove themselves. They're going to do it to prove themselves. I'm going to prove. I'm going to show God that I'm serious. <laughs> you know that's not the motivation. Uh, I'm going to show others. I'm going to show my spouse. You know, if there's any of that, that's strife. That's that's contention, and that's the kind of thing that you know it, it disrupts your ability to to relate with God and to receive from God, and and it and it. And it, and it uh, dilutes the, the purpose and the intention that God wants us. And then he goes on and says, to strike with the fist, um, in verse 4, uh, to strike with the fist of wickedness, to strike with the fist, uh, from one commentary, he says, the idea of this is plain, that even when they were fasting, they were guilty of strife and personal combats. Uh, in other words, they were arguing between one another. They were actually getting in fist fights or, or abusing uh, people in their employment. Uh, their passions were unsubdued and they gave vent to them in disgraceful personal encounters. That's the idea. That it didn't, you know, it was an outward religious tradition that they thought gained them favor, but they didn't allow it to change their inward motivation. They didn't allow it to change how they treated other people. And this is what God zeroes in on. He says, this reveals whether or not I'm ruling in your heart and whether you're arguing all the time, whether you're getting in uh, uh, strife and contention. And wickedness is, um, uh, again, even though they were doing outward right things, inwardly it was, it was sinful. It was actually uh, wicked. Um, one thing that we need to understand, that even Christians, and, and fasting is, um, I think God's turning, turning, uh, turning up the fasting dial. <laughs> Last year there was a lot of fasting. I did a 40-day, I didn't do 40 days, I did 21 days, but a lot of people here did a 40-day fast. And, and, and uh, another church in town started off the year with, uh, I didn't know this when I started mine, they're doing a, a fast for the first couple of weeks of this year. And, and I think there's a season, and I think it's because God wants to accelerate. I reconnected with a, a pastor buddy of mine, uh, and he pastors a, a big church out in Nebraska. And uh, first thing on, his, on his, his Facebook page is he's doing a series on daily accelerators. I'm like, yes! <laughs> so holy ghost. So God's, God, I believe it's a season. I'm talking about last week about knowing the season where God wants to speed things up. And one commentary talking about uh, fasting is that the idea that the pain and inconvenience experienced by the abstinence of food was not the end in view. Okay, let me read another, a little part of it. The important idea in the passage is that <clears throat> the pain and inconvenience which we may endure by even the most rigid fasting are not meritous, it doesn't gain us anything in the sight of God. That's not uh, uh, at which he aims by appointing a fast. And so some people think that the, the, the purpose or the point of fasting is to suffer. 
And that in suffering, you know, you gain brownie points with God or something. <laughs> you know? And so they, they even evaluate the fast is that they're not suffering enough. And I'm like, you know, that is really not it. It is to remove something. It's to discipline your body so that it is under the subjection of your spirit. My body is not in control. My body says, feed me. And I say, no. No. You know? And, and it, it, it really, once you realize, you know, you can really do it. It's, it's not that hard. It frees you from other things that your body wants to do. And you go, no, that's not what you're meant to do. You know, it's like a trained dog. You know, an untrained dog is just unruly. It's always getting, making messes. But you meet someone that their dog is perfectly trained. And you just go, how do they do that? You know, <coughs> sit and he sits, you know, uh, because they've disciplined them. They know how to train it. And a fasting enables you to do that. It's not the suffering. The suffering in, in, in and of itself doesn't gain you anything for God. It's the discipline that comes through telling your body no and bringing it into subjection. And that then leads to freedom. The point is freedom. If the point of your fast ends up being suffering, you've wasted your time. If the, if the result of your fast is that you are freer now, that you realize food has no authority or dominion over you, Something as, as essential as food, that it's not going to change how you treat others, you know, you know uh, and it actually frees you from it. That's a godly fast. <clears throat> and this is why Jesus taught us to fast a different way in Matthew 6, 16 through 18. It says, moreover, Jesus said, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites who, who uh, with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head. That means put on some, uh, you know, take a shower, uh, put on deodorant, uh, please. It's a good thing every day, a uh, little cologne. <coughs> Wash your face uh, or clean clothes uh, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who is in a secret place, for your Father sees in a secret, who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know what? This is, you know, we know that prayer is supposed to be a place in secret, and it's okay to pray publicly. There's a place for that. Uh, but, you know, unless someone comes and tells you, you know, hey, this is a little secret passage. You know, Disney World. How many like Disney World? You know, <clears throat> and Treasure Island. Not Treasure Island. Tom Sawyer Island. And there's a fort on Treasure, and the one in Florida. There's a fort on Tom Sawyer Island. And, uh, and there's a secret passage. And it's really kind of hard to find. Right? And you've got to be kind of little. I, could never, I didn't even try to go down there. But the kids find it. <clears throat> and it's so cool. Right? It's, they're so jazzed when they find the secret passage. Because it literally takes them out of the fort. And they're gone. You know? And so the parents are freaking out. <laughs> and they're looking all over. And they walk outside the fort. And they're coming from the outside in laughing you know the secret okay there's a secret passageway to the into the presence of god what is it fasting and prayer it's a shortcut all right and it should make you excited okay uh, verse six and eight what i want to get to <clears throat> is this now he starts talking about not the wrong way to fast but the right way to fast and the right purposes for the fast 
God says, this is the fast that I've chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. It's for freedom. Okay? Fasting and prayer loosens up bondages. It causes a shaking loose of things that have constricted us. Okay? To loose the bonds of wickedness. Alright? Personally, corporately, and in our sphere of influence. That when you, when you, when you seek God, especially through fasting and prayer, uh, it's a, in the spirit, it loosens the things that constrict. Alright? Alright? And so, things that may, you may not have even, you've gotten so accustomed to the pressure, your skin actually has sensors that sense touch. Okay? But those sensors actually are programmed that if that touch remains for a certain length of time, your brain disregards it. That's why you never feel your wristwatch, you know, until you think about it. Right? It's biology, if you want. <clears throat> and so, and the same thing, our spirit gets used to certain constrictions. But when we fast, we're pressing into the things of God, all of a sudden those things loosen up and we, we, we become aware that, oh, there's something in the way here. And it actually can get irritation. You can get irritated. All right? And it can cause. So don't be surprised when you start to seek God seriously and push into something deeper uh, and begin to uh, fast that things get exposed. You know why? Because they're supposed to get exposed during those times. That's why you do it. Yeah, it doesn't mean that, you know, when you're fasting, if you deal with emotional uh, issues, that's the time to take them to God. That means God's revealing something, and you take them to God. You say, God, I want to get rid of this. I didn't even realize I was had this, you know, and it's, and it's shaking loose. And I was talking to someone else, um, not even in, 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 in regard to this passage, that fasting causes things around you to, to shake free and fall off. And that's exactly what this scripture teaches: to undo heavy burdens, to break the, uh, to, to bring freedom and break yokes. <clears throat> so this applies to us, every form of bondage, whether it be fleshly, worldly, or demonic. All right, fasting is a powerful way to do that, um, <clears throat> and we can fast for issues in our world and issues, uh, things that we see that are wrong, and bondages in people's lives. And, you know, just this week was, um, you know, uh, Slavery Day. They call it something else now. Human trafficking, <clears throat> you know. And, and so fasting to see justice in that area is a really powerful way to do it when you fast in prayer. And then it goes on. It says to share your food. It lists three things about sharing. Uh, in the next verse, it says... Um, um, to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who will cast out, uh, when you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Well, share your food. Now, this can mean a couple of things. This can mean that the food that you would have eaten, this is how most people think, oh, the food that I would have eaten, God wants me to give the money that I would have bought for food to other people. And that's good. <clears throat> but I don't think that's what it really means. All right. I think it means is that you change the way you live, you change the way you think about food, and now after the fast, you're free from the, the, the thing of, I need food, to like, hey, I want to use this food to bless others. And so you start sharing your food with other people. And that becomes a natural motivation of your life. You know? And I, I, I've been really changed the last few years because I'm like, every time I eat, I think... There's people right now that have not eaten in days. 
And it's not to bum me out. It's to, one, make me grateful and make me intercede. You know? And I just think, there's people, that, there's children that haven't eaten in days. You know? And let's just, just keep that in mind. And fasting just really brings attention to that. And I intercede a lot for that. So, but the result is we need to share our food. Uh, it makes you more sensitive and aware of the needs of others. And that you have to do something about it. And you know what you can do about it? You can have someone over for dinner. I know that's radical. <laughs> well, I, I don't know any homeless people. That's okay. Practice with people you know. You know, and then open up. And if you do meet someone that's hungry, have them come over. And you know, most people don't tell. There's a new, there's a whole thing where a lot of people in the suburbs now are suffering poverty, but we don't see it because they're living in a nice house. You know. Uh, uh, but have them over. Get, get into the, the... God says, I want you to be sharing your food. What does that mean? Have someone over for a meal. The next thing he says, that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. Where do you bring them? Oh, you mean not to the Gospel mission? Not to the... Department of Human Resources? Alright, now listen, I want to challenge them. You know what the word poor means? It mean, in the original language, it means depressed in mind or circumstances. I know a lot of wealthy people that are poor. And the reason they're poor is because no one's inviting them over to have a meal. And you say you can't do it. Because you don't have enough. And you have more. Everyone in this room has more than 90% of the population of the, of the world. Every one of you. You have more stuff than 90% of the people in the whole world. If this doesn't apply to you, then it doesn't apply to anybody. Are you hearing me? All right. Have someone over where? To your house. Do you think God meant that when He said it? Do you think maybe He had a reason? That there's some dynamic that happens. It goes beyond just texting Red Cross and feeling good that you've given $5 to some need on the other side of the planet. That's nice. But having someone over to your house means you're investing personally in them. And you're opening up your life to them, and you're opening up you, yourself, to, to their lives. Are you hearing me? And it's something personal that can't be replicated in any other way. And the depressed in mind or circumstance means anybody that's having a hard time. And you know what? You don't, you know, everybody has hard times. So you don't even know who's having a hard time. So if you get in the habit, and for everybody it's different. We go through different seasons. You know, maybe you can have someone over once a month. Uh, or once a week. Or maybe you're in a place where you can have someone over a couple times a week. You know, I can't figure out how or when. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It's our pride that yeah. keeps us from being yeah. open. Yeah. Oh, my house isn't clean enough. Yeah. You know, if they have a big deal with that, that's their deal. Yeah. You know? 
Go to a park and have a cookout. It counts, you know. It's okay. Uh, and, and God says, this is what fasting is supposed to create in you. So we share our food, we share our house, and the last thing it says, if you see somebody naked, uh, you give them some, something to wear. And that's sharing your stuff. We all have, how many have too much stuff? Ah! Every American complains about having too much stuff. You know what? What did Jesus say to the guy that had a whole bunch of stuff? And get rid of it all. And what do he do? Oh. He doesn't realize how much stuff I have. <laughs> no, he realized how much stuff you had. You didn't have stuff, the stuff had you. <clears throat> and so, hey, help out. If you have something that someone needs, give it to them. And just, you know, try just giving away something. You know, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of fun. Or sell it and give them money. If you don't need it, get rid of it. Declutter your life. <clears throat> Helping people. Uh, see here. Uh, and, and, and we don't see a lot of people that are naked. In this, in that, uh, when, the, when this was written, well, you better not be seeing people naked. <laughs> That's a different sermon. All right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, in this, in this context, or like when I went to Morocco, there were naked people because they were so dirt poor. They had nothing, you know, uh, in lots of parts of the world. And you go, well, I, I never see that. But you know what? There are people in need right here. And if you're not doing it here, you're not, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do it there. And that doesn't mean you can't give money to Haiti and stuff like that, but find somebody that you can actually bless by giving them something, blessing in their life. This is going to accelerate. This, this, these are practical things. Verse 8 says, If you do these things, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Okay? And your healing shall spring forth what? Speedily. It's going to accelerate. Right? How many want their healing? Well, I don't feel sick. That doesn't mean just sickness gone away. That means anything that you lack. It's mean being made whole. Being fulfilled in your purpose. How many want to walk in the fullness of what God uh, uh, is calling them to? This is how you do it. You feed the poor. You have people over your house. I mean, this, God's saying, listen, this is not hard stuff I'm talking about. It's just kind of like living like the way I created you. To love on one another. And not to hide in your house, but to have people into your house. To share your food. And to find someone that has a need and figure out a way that you can help meet it. Um, and in doing that, the result is an acceleration of the light bursting onto the scene and the whole world is dark and then when the sun comes up, it's all light. You know, a total change of your whole circumstance and an acceleration of your healing and made, being made whole. And then it says, your righteousness shall go before you. And that means, <clears throat> that means walking in righteousness will be easy. Alright? What, what was, if you start living in this way, what was difficult in your life to maintain a godliness will actually be easy. The path is going to be cleared before you. It also means that your reputation will precede you. Okay? Alright? 
people are going to know. And in the Spirit, I can testify this is true. Things happen, and I tell people it's because I have influence, you know, in the spirit realm. I'm not boasting, but it's cost. And so I want to encourage you, you can walk in spiritual authority when when you've paid the price. And so, like Jesus, after he resurrected, the door didn't bother him. He just walked through it. Are you hearing me? Okay, you can walk through obstacles when you're living this way because righteousness will precede you because you've done the hard work of fasting that breaks loose the bondages and the restrictions. Others will recognize your godliness. This is the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. That means God's going to keep your back. He's going to keep you safe. He's going to help you. And wherever you go, I also think it means... That wherever you go, you're going to leave the awareness of God's presence. Alright? I believe this. That, that you can change the atmosphere just by being there. Jesus said the kingdom of God is in you. And so when I walk into a room, I want to be the kind of person that when I walk out, the room is different. Not because of me personally, but because of the Holy Spirit and the rule of Christ in my life. And that's what, that's, that's, that's accelerating into the kingdom of God. Believe you can. Know the season and change it if you, if you need. Fast in godly ways. How often? That's between you and God. But I've only met one person that fasted too much my whole life. And he was fasting for the completely wrong reasons. And I actually told him to quit fasting and start eat right. <laughs> you know, none of us fast. I don't think we have to worry about fasting too much. And care. Care by sharing your food, sharing your home, and sharing your stuff. Tori, you got some announcements? All right. Hey, everyone. I'm Tori. I'm the administrator here at New Day, if you didn't know. And I just want to welcome you all. Thank you for coming. 